0: Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers.
1: As you consider how you tell stories or even describe your business, you might want to think of the first children's book you've ever read. That's according to Leah Kameko, who's this week's interviewee on the Become a Writer Today podcast. Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and Leah is the author of over 20 children's books, but she has a pretty interesting career path. She first started writing children's books some 20 years ago. And since then, she's transitioned into teaching companies and brands and startups how to tell stories that connect with customers. And she does it using a fairly interesting approach. She asks them to reflect on the first children's book they ever read. The first children's book I ever read, which is we talk about in the interview, is the BFG by Roald Dahl. And I remember reading that book when I was six or seven, and I can still picture the cover today. There's something about that book that's captivating, and I still think of it from time to time. I always like the idea of going off on an adventure of being free from the adult world and not asking anybody for permission. And in fact, I think that's why I might have started become a writer today in the first place, because when you start a business or when you write a book or when you get into self-publishing or any of those creative pursuits, you don't have to ask for permission. You don't have to wait till somebody says, yes, it's okay to do something. You can just go ahead and do it. My other takeaway from this week's interview is how children's authors don't have a lot of time. They don't have a lot of time to capture the attention of their readers. They've got to use clear and persuasive language and captivating stories to hook the reader's attention because children aren't going to read books they don't like. And I know because of a nine-year-old daughter and if she doesn't like a book, she'll just put it down and quickly move on to something else. But the funny thing is when adults start telling stories about their business or about their idea, or about their products, and I'm talking here about copywriting, they often get lost because they start using things like vanity metrics. They say things like, I've got 10,000 Twitter followers. And the simple fact is nobody really cares how many Twitter followers you've got. Or they say things like, my website attracted so many visitors this year, or I have earned so much money. And again, that might be interesting to you, but it's probably not interesting to your readers or your customers. And I've made this mistake, too, where I've talked about things that I've done rather than the pain points of readers or would-be students for my courses and customers. If I look at things from a different point of view, I've also worked as a copywriter for large B2B companies, and it can be a great way to earn an income as a writer. And it's pretty interesting in that with copywriting, you're trying to convince a customer or prospect to take action. But it can also be pretty frustrating because often when you read copy by a large company, It's full of buzzwords and jargon that don't mean anything. It's full of buzzwords and jargon like end to end or 360 degree view of the customer. These words, you know, sound fancy when they're said in a boardroom meeting or when you see them in a PowerPoint presentation. But if you're on your phone and you're looking for a piece of software from one of these companies and you come across these buzzwords, it's not going to mean anything to you and you're going to quickly navigate away from the page and onto something else possibly even onto the competitor. So the job of a good copywriter is to simplify that language and write in words that the reader or customer understands. And that's, of course, what children's book authors do too. Having worked as a copywriter for a number of years, it's actually quite difficult to remove this language because I find that people can get very attached to it. They feel like if they're not using complicated turns of phrase and business jargon and cliches, then their writing will appear dumbed down and it'll appear simplistic and people will find out. But the reality is when you insert words like that, you're just confusing your customers. And it's actually much harder to write something that's simple, clear, concise, and persuasive than it is to, you know, stuff a web page full of business jargon and terminology. Even if you're not a copywriter, I'd encourage you to consider the copy or text that you use to present your website or your books or your stories to your customers and readers. Is it easy to read? Is it clear? Is it concise? Does it capture your reader's attention in a way that encourages them to read the next sentence and the next paragraph and then click that buy button or download button or add to cart button? If it's not, I'd encourage you to rewrite it And if you're struggling, it's always helpful to read copy out loud because it should sound conversational. It should sound natural and pleasing to the ear. If it's clunky and awkward and sounds like something written by a business person or sounds like sales talk or sounds overly technical or academic, then that's a sign that you need to go in and edit it. Now, there are many different copywriting resources that can help you with that. One course that I took during 2019 was by the American Writers and Artists course in copywriting. And that really helped me clarify some of the ideas that I had about copy. Another book I'd encourage you to consider is Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Swartz. It's actually quite hard to get a copy of this book. I had to order it from their website rather than from Amazon. And it cost me over $100 to get the book sent to Ireland. And I know you may be thinking $100 is a lot to spend on a book. And yes, it is. But think about it. There are other things that you would happily spend $100 on. Perhaps you might go out for a nice meal with friends and family. And that could easily cost you over $100. Or you could go away for a night and you could spend more than that amount of money. And you might not even think twice about it. But we have an idea in our head that a book should be 5 or $10. And if it's quite a bit more, then we're probably not going to pay it. The ideas are what's valuable inside of the book. And there's a rule that I've adopted for books, which I learned about from the entrepreneur Ramit Sethi. And that is if you want to buy a book, just buy it. Don't worry about the price because the rewards that you get from that book will be far more valuable than the cost of the book in question. And of course, children's books have brought a lot of value to my life and my kids' lives over the years, including the BFG, which we talk about in this week's interview. Leah and I also talk about how she got into writing children's books in the first place and why she moved away from writing children's books after releasing more than 20 titles. She explains why considering the first children's book you ever read as a child is so important. She also talks about what effective copywriting looks like, the ideas that I talked about there a few moments ago. And she explains why I and you should reread the first children's book you ever remember. And in fact, she prompts me to do this in this week's interview. And I found myself talking a lot more than I do in other podcast episodes where I normally ask questions and the interviewee answers. So I felt like the table had been flipped, which was an interesting experience to have. But I started by asking Leah to describe how she got into writing children's books in the first place and what the link was between children's books and teaching brands how to tell persuasive stories.
0: I started with books. I started being a kid's book writer and that's the whole foundation of what I use for all the areas of my business. And I started writing kids books. And then I, well, through writing kids books, when you're a creative, you're still always in business. You have to sell all your own product. You got to figure out the ways and means. And uh, but I started doing that and that's from there, I started getting some um, unique marketing opportunities and building a business to help brands and grown up older people figure out the story of their business using the foundation of kids books actually
1: so you you started out basically when things were more complicated and like now it's quite easy for somebody to write and publish a kids book but it must have been much harder you
0: know actually it was it was hard then and i believe that it's hard now you know it's in the states the market for kids books is the largest area of publishing Completely. There's nothing that sells like kids' books. They sell more than anything. But it was never very easy. And I thought it would be... I thought, Oh, it's for kids. This should be nice and easy. Ah. It took me several years to break in, but I'm glad that I that I didn't give up.
1: How did you transition from... Or perhaps perhaps you're doing both... From writing kids' books to the other part of your business, which is helping entrepreneurs and business people find the stories that they need to tell to connect with customers?
0: I was living in New York. And I realized I needed to eat, even though I had a trade book deal. And I discovered in writing kids' books that there's a very strong connection between what makes a great kids' book and what makes a very powerful brand, and they're very similar. And I was—I met somebody who was a correspondent for ABC, and I was trying, it not trying out my system on her. And she introduced me to a very well-known and established business person who brought me into their company, and said, "If you can show me." how to tell my story by beginning with my first kid's book. And it makes sense to me. I will pay you. If not, I'll show you the door. And he paid me. And that's how I got started because I saw the connection and I love the connection. The fact that you can write a kid's book or you can be struggling with a business story or as part of his team. But with the same thing that makes a kid's book powerful and classic is the same thing that's going to make your brand powerful and classic.
1: So if somebody has started a business but they're struggling to tell their story, where do you recommend they start?
0: They start they, I recommend they start with their kids' book. I recommend that they ask themselves first and foremost if they can remember the very first kids' book that was read to them. My very first kids' book was a book by Dr. Seuss called If I Ran the Zoo. And when I look at that story and I look at my business today, my business today is pretty much the story of that book. That story was about a kid who just basically felt like he could do everything much differently and much better than the way that it was. At the zoo, he found the zoo to be boring, and that's pretty much what I've landed up doing. When I work with people, I basically see these two or three different ways that they can create what they've got, and that's how I tell people to get started. Is rather than struggle with trying to figure out the elements today of what's my mission and you know, what's my why and what's my, my point of view and all these things, I just start with let's get simple. Let's remember who you are. And the simplest way I have found in working with all different kinds of executives and teams and stuff to discover who you are is to recall your first kids book. It's just remarkable to me. Can I tell you a really quick story? Sure. Of course. Okay. Since I know you're a story person. So I was on a plane the other day coming back from speaking at a conference and I'm sitting next to this man who's an executive for a very large firm here. And he was talking to me about, you know, the the nuts and bolts of his business. And he said, I could talk about this forever. And he said, go ahead, tell me, you know, ask me a question after he was going on and on and on about just the the things and the features of his business, which is not that it wasn't interesting, but he had a certain level of inner energy in his voice. And he said, what do you do? I said, I would help people become brands. He said, go ahead, ask me any question. I said, well, can you tell me your brand story? the story of your business. Can you tell me the brand story? He said, He stopped and he said, well, I have been with the company for about 10 years. And he said, "Um, I think that it had something to do with finding your wow factor. I said, okay. So I said, and can you tell me the first kids book you ever read? Now this guy, he's probably in his fifties. And without skipping a beat, he went, he said to me, Danny and the dinosaur. I said, tell me about that book. He goes, there's this dinosaur. He got all excited. And we started talking about the books and I started asking him some questions. And I realized if the enthusiasm that this man was and is when he remembers how his work today is connected to his very book, first book could be brought into his company, he could be golden to this company. And he was very, very, as people usually are, very disarmed, very amazed, very surprised, very entertained, and most of all, really very inspired. When I was speaking recently, companies were saying this actually helps us figure out not only how we can perform better today, but what our possibilities are for growth.
1: So my favorite, our first kid's book was Roald Dahl's oh. The BFG. I think actually that's how we got in touch because I said something about it yes. in an yes. article.
0: Yes. So, how
1: How would I go about turning that story into... Something about my brand or business. What what approach would I take? Do I just consider the different beats in the BFG, or is there something else I do?
0: Well, I'm going to give you. I mean, you know, I wish that I had a boilerplate way of telling you what to do. But can I ask you a couple quick questions just to think about? Yeah, of course. Okay, so the first thing I would do is I would ask. I, my first question is: Do you remember the color of the book when you were one that was read to you? Do you remember any colors on that book?
1: Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> it's pink or red, a kind of a
0: book or red. Yeah. Okay, because that was the color of it. And when you opened the book, was that the color of a character or something inside the book?
1: I think it was the color of some of the, the potions or mixtures that the DFG used oh, yeah, to yeah, make.
0: Exactly. And, and when you think of that book, what, was there a character in particular that you relate to that you remember feeling like when you were a kid? How old were you when that was read to you or when you read that? Uh, I guess I would have been seven or eight. Okay, um, so you were seven or eight. And was, were you reading that book to, or was somebody reading it to you?
1: No, I'm, my strongest memory is reading it myself. So, okay.
0: So, you were reading that book yourself, and do you remember being excited when you read that book? Do you remember thinking, oh my God, I really relate to this character? What do you remember about if anything that comes to your mind at this time?
1: I, uh, so, if I remember correctly, the Sophie is the, the person in the book. Yeah. Uh, from, it's from her point of view but I remember like the idea that she's escaped somewhere and she's away from everything she's almost been snatched from her parents but except it's by somebody friendly and helpful who, who's the BFG and he takes her off so on
0: a fantastic <laughs> adventure so she gets friendly snatched by her parents was that did that sound like a good idea to you
1: uh, well, <laughs> as as somebody's got three kids now, but but at the time, yes, it sounded yeah.
0: That, well, now, now, forget about it. the fantasy; can never come back. But at that time, that seemed like a like a really like that would be kind of a heavenly thing to happen.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, it would be like it was going off on an adventure, you know, free from the adult world. Yeah, of course,
0: what, going off on an adventure, free from the adult from the adult world. And tell me about how you got into your business, briefly. Was this was this a path that everyone wanted you to take?
1: No, no, it wasn't. No. So I was out of work uh, a couple of years ago during the, the recession. And I had I had a job as a journalist that didn't work out. And then I worked for a charity and I was let go. And then I was just bored at home, minding my daughter, who was two. So, yeah. so I just started a blog because I also had a background in writing. And what better way to write than start a blog? So uh, that's how I got started because I had a lot of free time and she went up for her nap. Yeah.
0: And you were sort of on your, on your own path and doing your own thing away from the world, away from the grown-up world.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I don't like the idea of asking for permission. So I guess when you start something yourself, you don't have to ask for permission, which is uh-huh. way from the grown-up world. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Now we're getting to who you are. So you, you, you know, you're kind of like a, uh, a rebel with a cause. You don't want to ask for anybody's permission. You want to do it in your own way. Is that how yeah. soft it was?
1: Yes, that would be a fair description of it. Yeah. That's definitely okay. an approach or a mindset I'd still have. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's a mindset that you have. And how does that work for you?
1: Well, it's got me this far, so I guess it's worked quite well. Sometimes it can cause problems because if you need to collaborate with other people, you, you know, you do need to listen to people. But, but is
0: there, and is there a quality that you remember that Sophie had that you feel like you have got as well? That maybe as I'm talking to you, you feel either a this woman's out of her mind, or b most importantly. A sense of
1: uh, curiosity. So if I remember correctly, she was really curious about how, what the BFG did and how he captured dreams. And I guess I'd apply that to reading and even interviewing people like you because I'd be curious about how they approach. uh, Yeah. So so
0: curious, you know, by nature, this is a very good fit for you work wise. You have a lot to offer because you are curious. Could you be more curious? Could you be more of someone who does not want to ask for permission? Is there a way in which you find yourself holding back that Sophie would never do if she was talking to the BFG?
1: I would say there is, yeah. Sometimes I hold stuff back in, in writing that, that I'd be worried about what people would
0: think. Uh-huh. This is how I begin to work with people.
1: Yeah, those are some powerful questions. You certainly got me thinking about uh, how to, to tell different stories.
0: That's fantastic because I want to take a guess that if Roald Dahl, you know, you just die. He was he was your favorite. And I've talked to many different people and hardly anybody I don't know why, but hardly anybody goes with a wrong now because I, I think it's because he's so creative and out there. He's my kind of guy. That people are afraid to admit that they're that creative and out there. I think that, you know have you read that book in a very long time?
1: Uh, I haven't know? read it in over ten years, no, but it's it's certainly a book that I, I would think about from time to time and I know. You know I, my
0: my suggestion would be to you if you wish. Yep. To get that book, get a copy of that book and read it and read it out loud. And if you, you know, your daughter's too, she's not probably going one want to hear this, but even if you could read it and if there's any, someone else around you, a dog, a cat, just read it out loud and hear, yep. hear what comes out of your voice. When I work with people, I listen to what goes on not not just in their story, but it's in the voice because story is voice and possibility for a company is the voice of others in the company. And so I suspect that when you read that to yourself or out loud or to your what's your daughter's name?
1: Avin. Aven. She's Aven, so it's an Irish name. She's nine now though.
0: That's okay. Then read it to her, see what her response is. Yeah. <laughs> A beautiful name. When you read it out loud and you go back and you read it now, I suspect that things will come to you about what's possible for you now and in the future that you've forgotten about that have always been there, that are right there in that book. They inspired you when you were seven they can inspire you and keep motivating you today kind of someone was saying when i spoke the other day. this man said you know you have validated who i've been since i'm a child and i've been trying so hard to be something else especially in my business i mean when i work with people it's like the closest thing to permission to being a child again only this time you get a larger allowance
1: yeah you yeah, have two weeks off coming up so i think i'll, re- I'll reread it
0: that book, and you know i mean i know i'm just one of a zillion interviews that you have but um I would absolutely love it if you got back to me by email or whatever and told me what came to you. Yeah. I would um, just if you want, if you actually feel like you have a few moments to actually read a little bit of it to me, <clears throat> I would love to hear what's going on in your voice. Cause I have a sneak, did you, have you just been doing the journalism over the last recently?
1: So I was a journalist. That's what I trained at when I was yeah. in college or university and, and that career didn't work out. So I wasn't a very good journalist, but I still like to write. So, uh, I'm I'm not a journalist anymore, but I, I do work as a copywriter as well.
0: Okay, and are you still? But you're still writing for Forbes, right?
1: I write for Forbes too. Yeah, yeah. So I also write as a copywriter for some B two B clients. But uh, that's why I was interested in talking to you because as a copywriter, the one thing I've noticed is businesses really struggle to bring out their their stories.
0: Oh my god, it's the people say to me, "Oh, well, I did my copy," and and it's like I've I've studied a lot of copywriting. Yep. because I used to think, oh, this should be easy. It's the hardest thing in the world. It's yep. so hard, thank God. I mean, it's like I've spent so many hours upon hours upon hours trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to say simply, clearly, blah, blah, blah. And it takes, you know, it's a totally different gift and skill. And it's very simple, but it's very tough. Is that what you find when you work with your clients, that they think that they should be able to get it, but they can't?
1: So uh, what I find is a most copy that I read is very much about the product and the features in the product. Yeah, yeah. And that's quite boring. No Nobody cares about those things. As great yeah. as the product might be. Or the other yeah. problem is if it, if somebody's writing copy about them or their personal brand, for example, they, yeah. tend, they tend to talk about all their, all their vanity metrics, like how many followers they have and books yeah. their, and money they've made. And that, nobody cares about that either. <laughs> so, so, exactly. A good copy is about the... The reader, I guess, and persuading him or her to to take some sort of action. And
0: yeah, how It's can quite help. a skill. It's quite a gift. Is there somebody in particular if you had your ideal ideal person you would write copy for? Who would
1: that be? Um, I don't really have an ambition to, to write copy for anyone else. I'd be more just an ambition to write something that's a bit more personal. So I, I used to write personal essays. So like a personal essay, like a long exploratory essay. I did this as yeah. part of a writing classes, and so I'd like to go back to that kind of writing rather right. than, you know, commercially oriented stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, go um, so back and read that Roald I, I Dahl. I have a sneaking suspicion that when you read that and, it's, and then you're in kind of a transition state right now, sort
1: of. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's a fair...
0: I have a sneaking suspicion you're on to writing a kind of essay that you had no idea that you're up to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this year, I, I wrote a business book called This oh. Is Working. So it was okay. But, you know, I, I would like to write something that's a bit... More has a bit more heart in it, or a bit more emotion in it. I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, if God only knows business could use some more heart and emotion.
1: They could. So, so the process you've described to me is like is, is very reflective. Do you find like other business people are open to that, or people you work with? Pretty
0: much. Yeah. I, I find that uh, I was telling someone the other day, and somebody else I was talking to a college and she said, "How do you get people to talk to you?" You know. I said, "Simple. It's like you know, if you were a fortune teller, I don't know if they have." They must have fortune. They on. do,
1: they do, yeah. yeah, but,
0: yeah. You know, and they just say, open up your palm reader. And then somebody says, I'm a palm reader. And then everybody goes, oh, here. And then they, they throw their palm in your face so that you can talk to them. Oh, I tell somebody, if you tell me the first kid's book you ever read, I can tell you the greatest qualities and the foundation of your brand today and which way to go. They literally, it's like they throw their palm in their face, you know, just tell me where the wild things are. It's, you know, it's like, these are like people that are basically in an eighth of a second will turn from making a very corporate presentation to telling me about Curious George as if there was no time at all past. And it just blows my mind in the most wonderful way because, A, I love kids' books. I think they're the most powerful writing in the world because I've written them, I guess. But also because it just makes me so happy for us to remember that as business people, we're still here to have joy and that we really have nothing to create for anybody else unless we can find some joy no matter what we're writing about to give to yep. somebody else. There's nothing else there. So that's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, I guess a kid's book has to be easily read and understood and business copy will be the same.
0: Yeah. It is it has to be it has to be simple and I have found I think the the one thing that I when I first discovered all this, like I was I would say to someone different some people, I would say that the same thing that makes a child pull down the same one book off of a shelf to have that book read to them, even though he or she has got like a hundred books on the shelf is the same thing that makes a grown-up customer or client pull your company or your brand down off the selections when they've got a zillion available. It's the exact same thing. It's a connection and a response that's kind of, you know, you can't make it up, but you can, you can claim it. I mean, it's it's not it's not formulated. So when I see a lot of people who teach how to sell, you know, how to write your story by following the formula, I think those things are terrific. And I think what's missing is what people buy is never a formula.
1: Yeah, you might be describing Robert McKee. I tend oh, some, yeah. some of his storytelling I, workshops, and he, he was not quite a formula, but he does offer like a a more instructional guide to telling stories.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's, it, he's, uh, being here in Hollywood, I know he's, he's like a big guy and has been. I'm not, he's still living, I hope so. I he,
1: have, is, he, he is,
0: yeah. He is. I have his book here. I've started by reading it from time to time when I wanted to feel like I was smart and knew what I was talking about. But I have several friends who are screenwriters and they live and, you know, live and breathe by that guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's, he's, I've attended his presentations. He's, oh, really, wow. they're more engaging than, than his book. His book is great too, but when he really brings it to life in his wow. workshop.
0: Wow.
1: He's pretty passionate, cool. passionate about, about yeah. telling, telling stories.
0: That's great. That's great. And then there's a lot of people here that do sell business stories. Where There's one guy in particular, they have this thing called a story brand with this man named Donald Miller. Who, yep. I think he's terrific. If you want everybody in your company to be telling the same story and believe that they are functioning from the same story and that there is only one story, you know, and for, most, for a lot of businesses that, that probably works just fine. Because all of a sudden, everybody's thrown into you have to know your story. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden, everybody knows anything about story. You know, so there's all different kinds of ways. But this is just how I do it. I do it for you know, individuals. I do it for I mean, entrepreneurs. Now I am speaking more in some companies, which is what I'm hoping to do. I'm with teams and, you know, I've been doing it for a while. And people seem to get really great results from it. And that's what matters, right?
1: And do you still find time to write books?
0: You know, I, um, I haven't written a book in about 10 years. And I recently tried to sell a kid's book. Uh, my agent tried to sell something I had lying around for a long time and didn't sell. And the truth is, is that, you know, I wrote a lot of them. And I what I really enjoy doing more now is, is well, I've taught writing. I taught at UCLA for a while. And I I enjoy helping people figure out their stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I think I spent enough, I do everything backwards. You know, everybody else is like, first they work for the company and then they get sick of it and then they go out on their own. Well, I, I I did it, you know, it's like, I did that first and now it's like, let me work for a company. (laughs) I got it all backwards, but, um, it's all, it's all, it's all fine. If I were to have another book to write, I'd be delighted, but I don't, you know, I don't have the ideas. I don't have the. I still, I write a blog and I write a blog and people like my blogs because they're very story oriented. Just to make sure I never stop writing because I am a writer. By yeah, I, you know, I'm, you know, underneath it all, that's that's all that there is. There is stuff, and I'm yeah. grateful for it. You, you love writing? Do you love to write?
1: Yeah, I think you've you've uh, touched on something that I would say as well. So I would always say if I'm if I'm writing something, then I'm generally going in the right direction or the
0: yeah.
1: a direction yeah. that makes sense. So even if it's not a book, it could be an article or it could be journal entry or it could be just something on a piece of paper that's, that I won't show it to anyone. But if I'm doing that, I'm generally going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, writing focus is my brain.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's cheaper than therapy.
0: <laughs> and it's definitely cheaper than therapy. And I have found that uh, it works better a lot of the times too. But Yeah. Event, that's, that's me in, in a nutshell.
1: And could you give me an idea of some of the clients you've worked with?
0: Sure. I've worked with... Oh gosh, well, I've worked with Big companies. I've worked with Disney. I've worked with Lenovo. i worked with, I'm sorry, I'm just, my brain's kind of freezing because I'm never up this early, even though it's eight o'clock in the morning here. I've I worked with Disney. I've worked with Lenovo. I work with a company called Philosophy Skincare, which is a very large company. Some, you know, Intel, some very large brands. And then I've worked with some startup companies that became very successful. I work with a company called Isabella Fiore, which is very successful in the apparel and that kind of business. Oh gosh, I've helped several people sell books, including a few that got on the few best in New York Times bestseller list. I work with authors, although I work with them much more rarely. You know, currently I'm working with several people that are, that have credible businesses, initiatives. I've I worked with, I've done projects in, in, in collaboration with the, um the charitable trust, some big nonprofits, you know, um, you know, Spock, The Retreats in Costa Rica. Throw, if anybody has it, wherever they have a business idea, yeah, all I'm sure. hearing all I'm hearing is a kid's book.
1: <laughs> I like that. And I mean, if you've been going for 25 years, do you think it's, it's easier now for... You felt like sometimes it's yeah, hard, harder. I do think
0: it's easier. I think it's... I mean, for kids' books, I think it's not yeah. necessarily... I mean, it's hard to get them published. I think it's yeah. easier because I think it's more accepted. And I think because people are... You know, going off more on their own. And then the whole structure of corporate life seems to be changing that, you know, it's more acceptable, but I think it's tough to like, for anything, you know, I think it's, what's tough is to, to really understand what it is that you have to offer and to not shortchange that. And that's what most people do because they can't get to their real story. So, um, or what a lot of companies or people would do. I think, I think it's easier. I think it's acceptable, at least culturally here. And uh I think the world is much more entrepreneurial.
1: There are more opportunities, I would say, for creative people now than even ten years ago.
0: Yeah, and the internet makes so much more possible. Yep. And you know, if you've got if you've got the energy and the steadfastness and, you know, a few dollars behind you and the luck of the Irish, as we say, you know, <laughs> whatever that may be, I never knew what that meant, but I figured it's gotta how bad can it be, right? Um, yeah. you know, then, then yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, easier. I do. Yeah.
1: And do you, do you still present workshops to, to yeah, like
0: what I'm doing now is, you know, because I've worked one-on-one with people. I mean, in the, my past, I've, I come to this in part because I spoke to about 125,000 kids at least, yeah. and I was so used to presenting in front of kids that being in front of an audience is working with an audience. is kind of like a second nature thing to me. Yeah. I, and the workshops that I'm looking to do now and that I've begun doing now are more with companies and actually grown up people, grown up children.
1: Okay. Okay. And how do they find you out of interest?
0: You know, I find the word of mouth I, you know, I'm I'm speaking more at different conferences and places like this. But I yep. think it's pretty much word a lot of word of mouth. And I I'm unique in that I don't I'm not interested in scaling in that kind of way where I'm not looking to work with you know a thousand people at a time. Yep. I don't think, I don't really understand how I can or why that would ever make any sense for me Yeah, because I like to dig deep in and, and, you know, and everybody's different, but you want to get everybody in your team on the same page. So, you know, I I work generally with a handful of people at a time and um, that seems to work well for me for right now.
1: Okay. Yeah, you've an impressive roster on, on your size.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Do you have an ideal early morning routine? I know you mentioned there that it's, it's eight a.m.
0: Okay, you know I've got an ideal morning routine for working, yeah. for creating. You know I wish I did. i um, thank you for asking me. I, I've got to get back into it as I'm talking to you, and I'm realizing I've been up since seven o'clock, which is like the middle of the night for me. Yeah, um, an ideal routine it would be a great thing. I, routine is fantastic, and my basic routine has been that I uh, get out of bed and I read a couple of things that I like to read, and then. You know, I put my mind what excites me the most and what's most interesting, which for now is just learning more about different businesses and seeing what's going on with people and their stories, and staying away from reading about what's happening with the impeachment hearings.
1: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I I should. I'm from. I I, even though I'm not a american I, I was fascinated by the impeachment but i need to stop reading about it <laughs> yeah
0: but that you know it's like it's good to have a routine i don't have a dog and i don't have any kids and i'm divorced so you can't walk you know i can't walk a book or something but you know it's um enjoy your daughter that's a great routine
1: oh yeah i thought we have three kids now so
0: <laughs> are three? what are yeah. their what are their ages 13 She's...
1: 9 and
0: one Nine
1: uh, i'm and one yep that's a wide spectrum <laughs>
0: Oh wow! What fun for all of them! Do they all, that is a widespread. Thing. That's terrific. You need a lot of kids' books. You need to have on that shelf on that show of yours. That's great.
1: Yeah, I get my daughter a Kindle, so she's using that at the moment.
0: Perfect, perfect.
1: So, where can people find you online, Leah?
0: Leah L E A H. Yep. At L E A H K O M A I K O dot com.
1: it was was very nice to talk to you today
0: you know it was lovely to talk to you and will you get that you know now i'll be thinking about you will you get that book and take a look at it in your spare time i know you got three kids in a business but if you were rereading that book just in a a moment of of i have nothing else to do but to just investigate here and see what you discover about yourself and if you felt like getting back to me i would be so honored and delighted to hear from you
1: i hope you enjoyed this podcast episode if you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email
0: course. Thanks for listening.